As you write your life story, you're far from finished. Are you looking to close the book on your job? Maybe turn a page in your career. Be Continued at the Georgetown University School of Continuing Studies. Our professional master's degrees and certificates are designed to meet you where you are and take you where you want to go. At Georgetown SCS, the learning never stops, and neither do you. Write your next chapter. Be continued at scs.georgetown.edu slash podcast. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Welcome into another episode of the Wizards Tip Off podcast presented by Greenberg and Betterman Personal Injury Lawyers. Believe it or not, this is our 100th episode of the Wizards Tip Off podcast. I'm your host, Chase Hughes. No Chris Miller today, but on the phone, I will talk to Steve Buckhans, the play by play voice of NBC Sports Washington's Wizards broadcast. We're going to talk about his selection for the D.C. Sports Hall of Fame and what it will mean to go in with Walt Williams and Marty Aronoff and join Phil Chenier. We'll also talk about that special weekend where he was the MC for Phil Chenier's jersey retirement ceremony. Also, John Wall's return, how the Wizards are playing as they gear up for the playoffs, and what would qualify as a successful season as the Wizards get ready for the postseason. We'll also talk about the best food cities around the NBA, because that's something that means a lot to Steve Buckhans. But before I bring in Steve, I just want to kind of reflect a little bit about these first 99 episodes that we had. We've had some great guests. Steve Buckhans has been on. We had Shaquille O'Neal. We've had John Wall a few times, Bradley Beal, uh, Phil Chenier, Paul Pierce, um, Wes Unseld was on, thanks to Julie Donaldson, who interviewed him. Also talked to celebrity chef Jose Andres. Uh, there's a long list of famous people I've tried to get on this podcast, but but the ones who have been gracious enough to join us, uh, we are very appreciative. And, of course, thank you to all the listeners who have been with us along this journey. If you haven't yet, please subscribe to the podcast, uh, leave a rating, tell your friends if you like it, because uh, Chris and I, uh, put a lot of energy and hard work into this podcast, and we really appreciate the support from all of you who hit us up on Twitter or uh, through email and that sort of thing, so we really appreciate it. Uh, without further ado, I want to get to my interview with Steve Buckhans, and we'll do that right after a commercial break. Since this is our 100th episode of the Wizards Tip-Off podcast, we had to bring in a special guest, someone that Wizards fans would really want to hear from, and who better then Steve Buckhans, the play-by-play voice of the Wizards for NBC Sports Washington, and also a newly minted DC Sports Hall of Famer. So, Buck, I got to start off by saying congratulations. Thank you, Chase. Thank you very much. It's, uh, it's a wonderful honor, as you can imagine. It's humbling. Um, I look at some of the guys that are in there and the names, and and I just uh, I'm not sure I belong in there with them, but uh, <laughs> somebody somebody voted me in, so. Thanks to them, and it's, I'm very appreciative. It's a heck of an honor. 
Yeah, it's a ceremony that I'm quite familiar with. I used to cover the Nationals, and every year they have the inductees uh, come, and there's a ceremony on the field. Usually it's emceed by Andy Ockerhausen, who a lot of us at NBC Sports Washington are familiar with. Um, and uh, Phil Chenier, of course, is already in there. You're going in with Walt Williams, who is on Wizards Hang Time, Wizards Overtime, of course, Maryland legend, and also Marty Aronoff, who is a guy who you work with, a uh, statis- statistician, who I've worked with on some college broadcasts and, of course, at NBC Sports Washington. So very, very cool there. Um, and Phil Chenier, you know, I was talking to him uh, just last night about it, and he said uh, it's perfect for him. He'll kill uh, many birds with one stone. <laughs> be, be there for the uh, ceremony, but also go to a Nationals game, because I know you go to a lot of Nats games already, right? So it'll be cool well, to have your well, name out uh, there in the outfield. Yeah, I mean, because baseball means so many things. Uh, it means, obviously, spring and warmer weather. Uh, it's a great game to watch, especially if you're there in person. The stadium is awesome. Uh, you know, the learners did a great job building that and then building the team. The team is great. So, you know, how can you not like the Nats? And uh, if I'm not at the game, I'm watching them on TV, and I love their announcers, whether it's radio or TV. So it mean, you know, summertime means baseball for me, and I think it's a great thing. And uh, I'm glad Phil will be there for our little ceremony on May the 6th, and uh and look forward to having a lot of folks there, and it should be a lot of fun. Also, Grant Hill's going in as well, and he's a you know DMV guy. Went to Southlake right. High School in Reston. So, uh, and Marty, you know Marty, I've been with for for the whole time I've been in Washington. Uh, the very first uh, Fox football game I ever did, Marty was my my statistician along oh, wow. with Chuck Gardner. So. Um, I've worked many, many years with Marty. I feel very comfortable and very at home when he's uh, helping me do a game. Yeah, that's very cool. Hopefully it's some nice weather out there on the field because uh, certainly the start of the season hasn't brought that uh, for the Nationals so far. So speaking of Phil Chenier, you guys are going to be in the D.C. Sports Hall of Fame together. I haven't talked to you on this podcast since you emceed uh, his ceremony, retire, uh, Jersey Retirement Ceremony, uh, as part of a weekend that also celebrated the 40th anniversary for the Bullets Championship 1978, which I know – meant a lot to you. What was that weekend like for you being part of that ceremony than watching these guys that I know you grew up watching uh, when they won that title for the Bullets? Well, I kind of had to pinch myself, Chase, because um, you know I was fortunate to be able to cover the team in 1978 when they won the World Championship. I had uh, just graduated from college down at James Madison. I was working for the local TV station, and I was uh, really privileged to be able to come up to Cap Center for many, many games throughout that season. Uh, covering the team and then being able to be there for the championship uh, season and and uh, you know the game that they won was in Seattle but uh, I celebrated back in in Harrisonburg Virginia <laughs> so that that weekend was fabulous for me because I got to see all of these guys that I covered and and just rooted for um, you know I didn't know them as well then as I do now and that's because of my relationship with Phil and, and some of the other guys. But to see, to be able to bring back Elvin Hayes and Kevin Greavy, and obviously Bobby Dandridge was there. We see Bobby a lot. Uh, and all these other great players that played for the team and the coaches. Man, it was, it, was a, it was a fabulous reunion. And then on top of it, Frank Herzog was there, who was the radio announcer for the team back then. And it just it was wonderful, man. It was a wonderful feeling. And then obviously for Phil's uh, raising his jersey to the rafter, uh, you had Earl Monroe there and Mike Reardon and uh, some of these uh, other guys that were celebrating. And, uh, I, again, I had to pinch myself. It was it was a fabulous weekend for me, and I know it was a great one for Phil and all the bullets that came back to celebrate. Yeah, I thought the Wizards did a fantastic job with how they honored them, the documentaries, the 
Q&As, the special VIP events that they held. It was really a cool weekend to commemorate, obviously, some of the best years uh, in, in this town's sports history and certainly in the franchise's history. Um, speaking of your uh, color commentator, I guess, broadcast partner, did you see how Kara Lawson has gone viral for her reaction to that shot that Notre Dame hit? Have you by chance seen that on, on social media? I have, I have. I think it, it was. It's interesting to have the camera on the announcers, um, right? Uh, to see the reaction. Uh, I think you're going to probably start seeing a lot more of that. Uh, and it gave everyone a different perspective. Of, uh, I mean, everything is exposed now, clearly, mm-hmm. including the announcers when they're calling the game. So um, it was, it was quite a reaction, and uh, uh, really uh, pretty interesting to see. Yeah, I've seen uh, – the first time I saw, like, an, an announcer on video while they were announcing, I remember uh, uh, Kevin Harlan, there's some clips on YouTube of him, and obviously he gets really into it. Sometimes he's standing up and kind of screaming and pointing at the court. I'm curious, I've never seen you on camera when you announce. Are you someone who kind of gets into it physically, or are you uh, usually kind of just staying in your seat? Well, I think – no, I, I get up a lot. Um you know, first of all, there's, uh, you know, when you're talking about football and basketball, it's two different things. Football, everyone stands. I don't know if you knew that or, or really? all play by play announcers. Don't know that. Pardon me. Like all play by play and color announcers stand. All, all play by play and color announcers stand for football. Hmm. Uh, at least that's the way it is in the NFL when you do it when you do an NFL game. And uh, for me, it's the way I've done college games as well. We we all stand. I don't know why. It just gives you you just it gives you a better perspective. Uh, you're standing. You're you're able to inflect better. You're able to see the field. And um, I just uh, I, I I've never seen anybody sit for a for a football game. Now for basketball, it's obviously different. Mm-hmm. Uh, but there are times when we get up, when we get excited, when the fans stand up at the end of a game for a standing ovation or to you know for a big play. I stand as well, uh, and I get fairly animated, um, but. I'm not flying out of my seats most of the time, but I am I, I am pretty excitable and and animated. So uh, it's it's interesting to watch the uh, the reactions of the different announcers. Yeah, you don't see it very often, but nowadays you're starting to see everything. Yeah, I mean it is pretty entertaining when you you just don't expect uh, that reaction. You hear people, you but you don't see them, and and I guess it does make sense. How how are you supposed to stay in your seat when something like that happens? Um, exactly. Of course, I want to ask you about the Wizards as they get ready for the playoffs. Only a few games left uh, before the postseason begins. They clinched a playoff spot on Saturday with their win over the Charlotte Hornets. Uh, but almost more importantly that day, of course, was the return of John Wall. And the Wizards' offense had been struggling before he came back. Uh, do you think his return in the long run will be enough to cure their offensive woes? How do you think he is going to help them in particular? Well, if his, his if his return is any indication, then the answer is yes, um, because there was definitely a pop in their offense. Uh, they were spry. They they had great player and ball movement. Uh, not to say that Sadoransky didn't do a great job when he filled in. And as we know, when he first started, uh, the Wizards won a lot of games and had a winning record because uh, they were moving the ball around and they were one of the top teams in the league in assists. They still are. Uh, but John creates a different scenario, a different situation where he's able to uh, to get guys to move around and find people, get them open looks. We saw that in his in his return game, the win against Charlotte. So it, it was big, and he is big to have back. There's no question about that. They, you know, they're going to need him down the stretch here when the playoffs begin, and hopefully he'll be able to get just a couple more games in 
before the playoffs start to you know try to get his body back into condition. But uh, there's no doubt that uh, he's going to help, and we already saw that in his uh, in his return game. Yeah, I think Bradley Beal in particular uh, needs some help right now because he has been the focus of the opposing defenses. And, you know, the numbers don't lie. His last five games, four of those, he's been held to 15 points or less. The other game he scored 22 and lit it up from three, and that one game was when John Wall was back. Uh, I don't think it's any knock on Bradley Beal, but it just helps to have another all-star out there. But Bradley Beal and Otto Porter in particular – how impressed have you been with their growth over these past few months with John Wall out? I think that both of them have matured uh, throughout the entire season. And Beal's been sort of forced into that position because he's become more of a ball handler and he's worked on his ball handling skills in the off season. Uh, he's still obviously not a, a, you know, a genuine point guard, but he's doing a better job of creating shots and handling the ball and making great decisions and driving to the basket and being aggressive. And I think that's when he's at his best, really, when he just uh, he's able to just measure defenses and he gets some good screens in the in the paint from people like Gortat and Mahinmi and able to get to the basket with ease. So I, lo- I have loved watching the maturity of his game. And Otto Porter, you know, signed a big contract and stepped it up this year. Uh, he was a great shooter last year. He's still a great shooter, but he, too, is working on uh, you know the ability to drive and to be aggressive and to make shots in the paint. He's got that little fadeaway now, so he, I always liked his game, and I and I figured he would get better. And I didn't have any problem with the team paying him the big money because uh, he's a big money player. And I think eventually you're going to see that happen with Kelly Oubre at some point. Uh, but at any rate, uh, I, I've loved to watch the uh, the physical and the emotional maturity of both Beal and and, and um, Otto Porter. Obviously, John and Brad in particular are going to determine a lot for how far this team goes in the playoffs. But if you had to pick, I guess you could call it an X factor, someone who if they stepped up and played their best game would make a huge difference, who would you pick? Um, well, I, you know, it's tough. I mean, you, you count on Wall and Beal, that's clear. Uh, you hope you're going to get a solid game from Gortat or even Mahinmi, who's been playing a lot better lately. And um, and Otto Porter has had has been big, but lately we've sort of measured the team by the way Markeith Morris plays uh, when he's engaged and he's hot and he's hitting, which has been a lot lately. Uh, the team seems to play better, uh, so I think that he he's a big factor really in how this team goes and how how they play and if they're able to win. And then obviously the bench is huge, and I think Mike Scott has been a big uh, player off the bench. But still, probably the biggest is Kelly Oubre. And look, I love the way he played last year in that Boston series. He was aggressive. He was hustling. He gets rebounds. He gets puts back, putbacks. And um, he, he's kind of critical, if you ask me. So I think that he could be an X factor, and the other would be Marquise Morris. How do you kind of evaluate this Eastern Conference uh, as the Wizards prepare for the playoffs? Do you think it is absolutely wide open, or do you think once it starts, we'll see? You know, maybe a Raptors team emerge or the Cavaliers reemerge as that team that is the clear favorite. Well, I think the uh, the sort of the X factor has been the injuries uh, that has made things somewhat interesting. But the bottom line is, when you get into the playoffs, um, you you know you have to play whether you have injuries or not. And even before then, I mean, we can see that uh, Boston's had some injuries, but it's not really affecting them. Cleveland's had some injuries and guys down, and now they have Kevin Love back, and 
you can be sure that they'll be a force to be reckoned with. And Toronto has been, been great all season long. So uh, having said all of that, uh, you're disappointed you're not in the top four because that, that really is the goal. Uh, that, that's your first goal going into the season. Obviously, you want to make the playoffs, but you, you want to finish with home court advantage because not only do you not want to start on the road, which the Wizards are going to have to do, but you, you don't want to have to play one of the top three teams. That's why you hear all this talk about avoiding Cleveland. There's a reason for that. It's very difficult to beat Cleveland in a seven-game series. The Wizards have beaten them this year and last year, and they've beaten them in Cleveland. But to beat them in a seven-game series in the playoffs is another thing, and that's difficult to do. And you'd like to not have to do that in the first round. You'd like to be able to play somebody else in the first round, whether it's Indiana or I'm not sure anybody wants to play Philadelphia at this point. But the point is, you want to finish in the top four for two reasons. One, you get home court advantage. And two, you don't have to play Toronto, Boston, or Cleveland in the first round. Wizards didn't do that. They, they unfortunately didn't take care of their business at the beginning of the year. They lost too many games they should have won. And that has put them in the position they're in now, which is in sixth place, not going to move up to fifth, to fifth. It's not going to happen. They're too far behind Indiana. And, um, and hopefully they don't slip to seven or eight, but even if they do, it doesn't matter because you've got to play either Toronto, Boston, or Cleveland in the first round, and the only way to avoid that would have been to finish four or five, and that doesn't look like it's going to happen. So, um, you know, now you're going to have to start off on the road in one of those cities, and it's not going to be easy. Can it be done? Absolutely. They did it three years ago when they, they weren't playing well at the end of the season. They started in Toronto. They beat them twice in Toronto, then beat them twice in Washington and swept them. And then last year, their one went away from the Eastern Conference Finals. Um, And so, yes, it can be done, and we'll see what happens when you get into the playoffs. Anything can happen, uh, but they didn't put themselves in a good position to start with, and uh, they're just going to have to start on the road now and see what happens. Yeah, it's really fascinating to evaluate. Like, you take the Cavaliers, and Thomas Sadoransky and Dario Saric of the Sixers have said that their teams should avoid them if possible, and I agree. But I think the Wizards could compete with any team in the East in a series. It's just, would you rather face the Cavaliers in the first round or delay that? Obviously, I think it'd be ideal to delay that. But also, you look at this Wizards season, and clearly it's been greatly affected by injuries, and they've been inconsistent, but really it's been the injuries. If they had John Wall all year, you know, maybe they'd be a little bit higher in the standings. At this point, what do you think would qualify as a successful season for this team, um, knowing all that has gone on throughout the regular season? Well, first of all, I don't like using injuries as an excuse. Now, yes, That's fair. You, lose your best, you, use your be, you lose your best player, it's, it makes a difference. Uh, but other teams have lost their best players. So you have to be able to persevere. And John Wall's absence, whether it was before or after some of these games happened that they should have won, uh, have no bearing on those games. Uh, they, they, there are teams and games that they needed to win that they didn't win. 22-point lead on Phoenix at home, lost the game. One in ten Dallas team came to Washington, beat the Wizards. Two losses to Brooklyn, one by 35 points, shouldn't happen. Lost the other night to Chicago, 25-win team, shouldn't happen. So these are these are things that, with or without John Wall, have no bearing uh, on the fact that they lost those games and they sh- and they and they put themselves in this position. Uh, so that's the disappointing part for me for the season. 
Now, can they flip the switch and turn it on in the playoffs? Because they've been inconsistent all season long. I certainly hope they can. Uh, and they might be able to. Like I said, they did that in the series against Toronto where they weren't playing well at the end of the season. They flipped the switch and they beat them four straight. So it can be done, and maybe they're the type of team that will do that. I certainly hope so. Um, but, you know, it, it is open in the sense that any team can be beaten, I think, uh, whether it's Toronto or Boston or even Cleveland. It's just very difficult sometimes to do that. And, um, you know, I think that they're – I don't want to say that you're satisfied with just making the playoffs because I think at this point, I know that I feel like this team should be able to get to the second round. And then once you get to the second round, anything can happen. Look what happened last year. They're one win away from the Eastern Conference Finals. They were one win away uh, three, a couple of years ago when they, when they had to play Atlanta without John Wall and probably would have won that series. So I think that uh, you know, despite the fact that they've had injuries, uh, now hopefully they'll be able to be a little bit more healthy. And I don't think it's – you, you look at it as a success to get to the first round of the playoffs. And some people would say, well, it's not successful if you can't get out of the second round. Well, look, it's not successful for any team unless you win an NBA championship. And only one team gets to do that. You think the New England Patri- Patriots were happy that they lost to the Philadelphia Eagles in the Super Bowl? For them, the only way to be have a successful season is to win it. Well, there are a lot of teams in the NBA that have never won one NBA championship. And only one team gets to win one. So what makes a successful season? I don't know. I think for the Wizards, it would be to get to the Eastern Conference Finals. But if not, and they get to the second round, that's what I'm looking for. If they, if they get eliminated in the first round, for me, you know, that, would, that would not be what I would consider you know, a, a satisfying season. I think it's a good point, the three years ago, how the Wizards kind of turned it on in the playoffs. And it can't be overlooked that they are uh, very battle-tested, especially in that first round. John Wall and Bradley Beal have never lost a first-round series, and there's a reason for that. It's because they bring it when the postseason starts. Um, and if you, I think, lost in all this, we're talking about who the Wizards should play. You could argue that a lot of these teams at the top are probably looking at the bottom of the Eastern Conference playoff race saying, man, it would be nice not to play the Wizards and maybe play the Heat or the Bucks or the Pacers instead. So um, they're definitely, I think, uniquely dangerous for a lower seed. Um, so, yeah, I, I agree with you on that because they are battle tested, and now you have guys that played when John Wall was out who are who have become seasoned. That's true. Thomas Sadaransky has all kinds of confidence, and he, I really, I, I, I mean, this is going to prove to be invaluable for Washington having him getting so many minutes, and now Jody Meeks getting a lot more minutes, and Mike Scott playing the way he has, and obviously Kelly Oubre. I mean, it, you know, that, his injury, if you want to try to find a silver lining, would be that. And that's going to help them in the playoffs, no question in my mind. So, Buck, you are in Houston because the Wizards are set to play the Rockets. And I have to say, I I went to Houston. I've been to Houston a few times, but when I was a kid because I had family there. But I went a few years ago, and I really enjoyed my stay because the food I thought was fantastic. They had really good Mexican food. I remember it being really cheap. There were a lot of fun places to go. I know food is a big part of your travel itinerary. (laughs) So do you like Houston restaurants and what are some of your favorite food cities maybe beyond you know the the obvious ones like the New York's uh, that everyone knows are, are good food cities that's an excellent question Chase <laughs> and we could probably talk for hours on it um, 
Well, you know, first and foremost, I love a great steakhouse, and I search them out all over the country, and I've managed to find several. Uh, one of my favorites has become Mastro's wherever we happen to go. Uh, we went over, I went with Ed Tapscott to Mastro's in Chicago, and it was fabulous. The one in D.C. is great. Um, and then uh, as you start to move around the city and you, and you find some of the local uh, eating spots, um, uh, obviously Miami has some great Cuban food. Uh, now there's two different places we tend to, to, uh, to head to in Miami. Uh, one is a prime One Twelve, which was a, a great steakhouse, but they also have all kinds of food, but it's just a happening place. And the other of course is Joe's stone crabs, which are in season during the basketball season. So Joe's That's convenient. always, uh, yeah, it's convenient. <laughs> and it's one, it's one of my favorites. In fact, stone crabs after steak is probably my favorite food. So that's a fabulous place. Uh, and then when we come to Texas, whether it's Houston, Dallas, or San Antonio, you're right. There are some great Mexican spots uh, in all of those cities, uh, whether you're on the Riverwalk or here in Houston, wherever it happens to be, uh, and then Dallas, obviously. But the, the Dallas has so many great steak restaurants, it's hard to pick one. Uh, so those are fun. Uh, you go uh, out west, obviously, Los Angeles has some unbelievable restaurants that you can go to. Uh, Portland has some very cool places. Um, you know, there are just so many across the country. It doesn't matter where you are. Atlanta is, you know, has, has, has great stuff. Obviously, Georgia and Texas and Carolina has, has great ribs. We go to Memphis. We've been to every barbecue place in Memphis. <laughs> uh, uh, but, the, but there's a place there called Gus's Fried Chicken that's fabulous, which I think we have one now in Maryland. Uh, locally, I've heard about but, that, yeah. Uh, yeah, the one, in, the one in Memphis is unbelievable and cheap. It just you can't imagine how cheap it is. So, uh, look, we could talk about this for hours. I'm getting hungry talking about it, but uh, <laughs> there are some great places all around the country. And uh, I've actually written a list of my favorite uh, restaurants throughout the NBA cities, which I haven't published yet, but I will get on that soon. Yeah, you know, I, I have to let you go, Buck, because I'm sure you're already thinking about dinner down there in Houston. And uh, <laughs> uh, definitely enjoy the trip, and, and we'll see you back in D.C., and, and thanks a lot for the insight. Okay, Chase. Take care, buddy. <laughs> And we're back on the Wizards Tip-Off podcast presented by Greenberg and Betterman Personal Injury Lawyers. So I want to close this episode with a brief synopsis of an article that I wrote for Monday morning on NBC Sports Washington. And that was a pros and cons breakdown of the teams that the Wizards could potentially face in the first round. Let's start with the Cleveland Cavaliers. I think the pro from the Wizards perspective is that they would have the advantage at the guard position. They have John Wall and Bradley Beal. I would take those guys any day over Jordan Clarkson, Rodney Hood, and George Hill. Obviously, the cons start with LeBron James. He's the best player in the NBA. Obviously, the Cavaliers have been to the finals each of the last three years, and LeBron has been there seven straight years. So that would be very, very difficult to match up with. And now Kevin Love's back, and they're playing really well with him. So that would not be an ideal matchup. So the Boston Celtics, if the Wizards drop the seventh, could play them in the second spot. The Celtics aren't at full strength. They're out without Gordon Hayward already. They might be missing Kyrie Irving throughout the entire first round. Those are their two best players. They're also missing Marcus Smart, Daniel Tice. So they are beaten up, and uh, they'd have to rely on a lot of young players. Jalen Brown, Jason Tatum, I think those guys are future stars. Terry Rozier is very good, but they're young. They're unproven. That would be difficult. Now the cons for the Celtics, Brad Stevens, very, very good head coach. He's tough to match up with, and obviously they still have some talent. Al Horford, an all-star and the Wizards have found out the hard way that he's a very good playoff player. Next is the Sixers, who the Wizards could still match up with. Uh, the pro there is that Joel Embiid is hurt. 
Um, you know, you don't root for anyone to get hurt, but that will certainly affect their chances if he isn't 100% in the playoffs. Also, Ben Simmons, he can't shoot from the outside. He can't shoot free throws, so the Wizards could take advantage of that. They're also a young team and unproven in the playoffs. And then also, the Sixers are the worst team in basketball at limiting turnovers. So the Wizards, if they could force turnovers against them, uh, they could really take advantage on the fast break. The cons would be that Joel Embiid and Ben Simmons, when they are playing really well, are impossible to match up with. They are freaks of nature. Embiid is 7-1, Simmons is 6-10. They're skilled. They can run the floor. Ben Simmons on the fast break is impossible to stay in front of. So that would be very difficult. And the Sixers also have a lot of depth. Uh, Dario Saric, Robert Covington, J.J. Redick, Ersan uh, Ilyasova, and Marco Bellinelli round out a very deep roster. The Indiana Pacers, lastly, uh, in terms of the most likely teams the Wizards could face, the pro from a Wizards perspective is that they only have one star. Victor Oladipo's great, but he'd have to go up against two all-star guards in John Wall and Bradley Beal. So advantage Wizards there. Beyond him, they have some good players, uh, but none of these guys have really proven themselves in the playoffs. No one really scares the Wizards. Boyan Bogdanovich, they know him. Miles Turner, Darren Collison, good players. Not going to consistently beat you in the playoffs. Now, the con would be that Victor Oladipo is very, very good on offense. The Wizards have John Wall and Bradley Beal, but there's no guarantee they could stop that guy, and we've seen him take over late in games. So there you go. There's my pros and cons in the Eastern Conference for teams the Wizards could face. Obviously, there's some things to sort out. We'll see who they end up matching up with. But once again, thanks to Steve Buckhans for joining the show today. And as always, thanks to you for listening for the hundredth time to the Wizards Tip-Off Podcast. Some people just know bundling with Allstate means big savings. Just like they know the right ingredient means big flavor. They know honey on pizza is where it's at. And olive oil on ice cream is the cherry on top. And they know when you bundle home and auto with Allstate... You can save up to 25%. Mm-mm. Bundled savings vary by state and are not available in every state. Saving up to 25% is the countrywide average of the maximum available savings off the home policy. All state vehicle and property insurance company and affiliates, Northbrook, Illinois.